everybody welcome to another episode of covid convos where we have real conversations with real people about what well-being looks like in a time of a pandemic i'm simon and i've got my fellow co-host with me tonight kesh in melbourne kesh uh, how's your day been what's been the highlight so far mate what's been the highlight of my day um i've got another great conversation this morning with a good friend of mine who's uh doing a coaching course and she's practicing on me um, it's always fun to, to help and support other people, um, but I've actually been getting a lot out of it myself as well. So, yeah, probably the highlight. Yeah, sounds good. And Griggsy over in Belgium, what's been the highlight so far, Griggsy? Well, it's nine in the morning here, mate, so I haven't had a lot to go on, but uh, I'd say a full night's sleep uh, is probably the highlight so far. had a couple of um, tough ones with the with the kids, so... Uh, it's good to wake up and feel refreshed. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, few and far between when you've got the young kids, I remember. Good mm. to see you guys. And we've got a special guest for the show today, Kate Northam. Hi, Kate. Hey, Simon. Hey, Cash. Hey, Grigsy. Great Hi. to see you, Kate. Again. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us for a combo tonight. It's great to see you um, and looking forward to the chat. Kate, can we just kick off by um, hearing from you for a minute or two about your, your background and your interests and anything else you'd like to share with uh, listeners? Yes, I'm just watching the dog walk across in front of the computer cord. Um, well, like the three handsome young men here, I'm a MAP, um, what's the correct word, Alum, alumnus or alumni? So after many years of teaching, I studied the MAP full-time um, with Simon and um, Briggsy and Cash were part-time. And I just, I think I was looking for something, really. I'd, I'd been a teacher for a long time. Um, I, I wanted a challenge. And I, um, just from the very first day that I walked into that room, I just felt at home and like my brain was working again, you know, after a long time. And so I'm just, since then, I'm just muddling my way through, working out what I think it all means and what I can do with it, what I can do with it personally, what I can do with it professionally. Um, I'm, I've tried to, I'm starting my own business. So I've been um, on a very steep learning curve there and still doing a bit of work with kids and just, yeah, finding my way, I think. So Kate, what's your, what's your business in? And does that involve the work with the kids or is that separate? Yeah, my business is called Five to Thrive. Um, and I provide uh, education and wellbeing support for children. Um, at the moment, mainly one-to-one, -one, but I'm really keen in moving into groups or even into systems, school systems. I just have this real belief that um, I think in education, what we've often tried to do is really fix children. And I just think we're all a product of what's around us and um our context and so i guess ultimately i'm really interested in looking at that um but i i also love my work one-on-one -on -one. 
and um, yeah, so I'm still in that education field, I guess, but slightly different role. Kate, it's a very interesting time to have started a new business. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you coping? Uh, what have been the, the ups and the downs uh, thus far? Absolutely. Really interesting, Grigsby. And you know what? There have been times where I've just wanted to throw in the towel, you know, as, as recently as, I don't know, Simon, when was it? A week ago. And I sort of rang Simon and I said, I'm going back to teaching. It's too hard. And um, I think it's frightening. You know, it can be frightening because, I, well, for me, I find it frightening because I don't know what the world's going to be that we're coming out into at the end. But I, um, I, I think it's interesting and particularly in education, I just, I have found the conversations around education and around learning over the last sort of few months really interesting. Um, and so when the things get tough and I worry about paying the bills and I worry about not having a, you know, secure income, I guess that interest about what's happening and what education and wellbeing are going to look like is what drives me and you know makes me want to continue in this in this sort of field. Yeah, that's oh sorry sorry Kesha, I was just going to say that's a that's a really interesting point that you you've you've enjoyed watching the dialogue in the last yeah. month or two. I've also been uh, as somebody who's on leave, I've been sort of I guess watching the dialogue through social media. Uh, I was just going to say, Kate, without putting my own, what I've, I guess, my own values or my own thoughts on this question, I'm interested, what, what's been, what have been the things that you've noticed shift or not shift, the things that you found most interesting on that? Oh, just, I think the whole concept of what, what education is, what does it look like, what does learning look like, I've just been fascinated by that. Um, I guess, and I don't know if this is the same for you, Grigsy, because I'm someone who's worked in education for a long time, whenever friends and family and people have questions about school or teachers or learning or their kids, I'm often someone they come and ask. And I've been so fascinated by this idea that, um, and, you know, we hear it from ScoMo all the time, you know, kids are going to miss out on six months of learning or a year of learning. And I find it so fascinating that we think that learning looks like one, you know, just one thing. And what I've said to my friends is kids' brains don't stop working just because they walk out of a school, you know, or a classroom. There's so much opportunity for learning. It just doesn't look like what we think education has to look like. And that, I think, is a real opportunity at the moment for us to really examine you know, is learning just learning how to do long multiplication using a pen and paper? Because yes, kids may not be doing that at the moment, or is learning just so much more than that? So, I mean, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that, Grigsy. And Kesh and Simon. Yeah, I've, I've been really interested to, to follow it all. And um, one thing that's come up on that note of learning, I guess there's a couple of things that come up from what you've just said. One is something that maybe Kesh might want to speak about in a sec, which is the difference between learning and education, which we've talked about quite a bit. So I'll leave that to him. Uh, but another thing is the whole, the notion of, of learning from home 
And um, I, I read a, a couple of posts the other day about how, um, what was it? It was about how parents shouldn't be expected that, that uh, students aren't homeschooling at the moment, they're remote learning or continuous learning, parents aren't teaching, da 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 da. And it, for me, it was interesting because I was like, this is one of those rare opportunities. Yes, there are a lot of parents who still got to multitask and work, yeah. but it's one of those rare opportunities where you do have a bit more ownership over your kid's education. And the idea that, that there's no teaching whatsoever expected from parents is to me crazy. Um, I, just, I just find that the dumbest thing I've ever heard because parents should be um, either a support um a strong support to their child's education or leading i guess an alternative stream of education after school hours in a more normal system so i just find that there's this i know that we're trying to take pressure off parents but i think i think it's it's harmful to say that uh, parents shouldn't be expected to do any teaching we're not saying you're ex expected to be professional teachers that's yeah. a completely different thing you're not meant to deliver curriculum you're yeah. not meant to write rubrics but to say that you can't teach or you shouldn't be expected to teach because you're not a qualified teacher is D-U-M dumb for me. Yeah. But also the idea, Grixie, that parents are always teachers. Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'll hand over to Simon because I know he's been, or, or Kesh, because I, I don't want to take the soapbox too much. Otherwise I'll talk yeah. the whole episode. I know. I can get a little <laughs> bit like that too. I, I was just going to throw in more a comment than anything, I suppose, from someone who is at home... Um, helping their kids with their schoolwork. I've, I've seen similar comments or posts, Griggsy, about that. And, and I thought they really did have a good point. You've got a good point then about um, parents can still be teaching. They're not professional trained teachers, of course, but I've been, it was a bit of a challenge to me to come up with a new term to call myself because I didn't think <laughs> I could say I'm teaching my kids. So I've been saying I'm helping them with their schoolwork or whatever it might be. So, um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't really see, even though technically in the broader sense of the term, yeah, I am helping to teach them, but uh, I, I think it's an offence to all the teachers out there if I call myself a teacher, what I'm doing. But Simon, I, I guess my response to that is you teach your kids all the time. Uh, yeah, it's a great point, Kane. I love it. I love your take on things like that, the broader view, and you're exactly right. Um, so, you know, yeah, yeah, it's probably... It's probably my hookup or my definition of what a teacher is, I suppose. Yeah, so I yeah. And I think that's a real opportunity in this really unusual circumstance to really, for us to really examine that. Mm. Because if this hadn't have happened, just school would have continued and parents would have just continued sending their kids to school. And I actually think this whole opportunity for thought and questioning and what is the role of a teacher? What is the role of a school? What is the role of a parent? What are the roles of kids? I just sort of think in a way, maybe it's my psych hat coming out. What a gift almost we've been given to really think about this and really question it. Um, Kesh, I'd be really interested in what Grizzy said about your thoughts about the difference between learning and education. Yeah, there's a bunch of things buzzing in my brain. Um, and the first one I kind of want to touch on before we get into that is everything that has been said by everyone in this conversation so far around this opportunity. And the thing that I find so interesting is teachers are always, worked in many schools, teachers are always questioning how do we get parents on board? 
Like mm. I do a whole bunch of good stuff. We bring in these programs. I teach the kids amazing things, and then they go home, and they, mm. the parents do the exact opposite, right? And parents are on the other side going, "Well, why can't teachers teach this? Or why, you know?" And it's just the system that we've created that the teacher is a particular role, and we abscond our responsibility to that role. But like you said, the kids are learning from everyone at all times. Um, and I guess that comes down to the difference between what we differentiate as education and learning. Mm. And here's an opportunity to break that down. Because education, as we've been doing it, so many people, um, not just me, not just Paul Psych, uh, know that the, this system is broken. The way that we have been educating is mm. um, not working for us anymore. But education as, I guess, what we should know and the system by installing what we should know. Mm versus learning as this skill that we need throughout our whole life that never goes away, mm. um, that we depend upon so much to do pretty much everything. Mm. And what I've, you know, one of the things that's always interested me is I came out of education hating learning. Um, and I came out of education not knowing how to learn things. Mm. And these were things that I had to come to later. And I think it's so interesting now that this is what teachers and parents are struggling with. Their, their children actually don't know how to learn, but you're still trying to educate them. And if they knew how to learn, then they'd be able to educate themselves. All you'd have to do is kind of like set things, if that makes sense, and kind of guide. Um, so I guess the things that parents and teachers are good at doing, which is guiding um, in different ways. Teachers are skilled in guiding in a particular way and parents are skilled in guiding in another type of way. Um, but now they've been asked to switch roles and the one fundamental factor that it all hinges on is whether or not their student is capable of learning on their own. And they can't do that. So that's to me is the opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I love what you just said then. Um, what really resonated to me is that idea that maybe kids don't know how to learn. I find that really interesting. And I, as a teacher, I guess I've never really, thought of that because I think that learning in kids is so instinctive. I, I think they almost can't, couldn't stop themselves learning because, and I guess that's what I found really interesting about this, you know, when parents, friends or family have rung and said, are my children going to be affected by six months of no learning? I, I'm just like, it, it's not possible for them to have six months of no learning. You know, it, it, you, even if you told a child to not learn for six months, it's not but, possible for them. But the question that they're really asking is, yeah. how is my child going to deal without six months of education? Of totally, totally. So yeah. If they're not educated for six months and they're going to be behind yeah. and they're not going to be able to do yeah. their exams and they're going to do yeah. poorly. And yeah. That's the real question. Yeah. Um, the question about learning doesn't actually come up. But I, I really um, am curious because learning is implicit. And it's true, kids are amazing at learning. It's what they're designed to do. Um, but obviously we can be very intentional. And when we're intentional about processes, they become way better. And that's, I think, the problem here. Like you, education is designed as a system to facilitate learning. Homes are not set up that way. But if you had the skill of learning, then you could bring that home whether or not it was set up that way. Yeah. Yeah, no. and, and I was just going to say, uh, Kesh, piggybacking on what you've just said there, the whole idea of facilitation is, 
is something that I think the whole education system has, has started to talk about in the last five years, um, which is where I, I, I'm interested because Simon was talking about, I guess, uh, had that idea that a teacher had to be an expert, which is the old, sort of the old, um, or seemed to have that idea at least, the old um, mindset, whereas the facilitator mindset is more that you need to just understand the process um, of learning and where you want to sort of, a, the, I guess, the steps and the, the ways to, to help students progress through those steps rather than actually being a master of the subject yourself yeah. because you've got masters of the subject um, that are through other means now. So the content you can, you can distribute from experts in the field is basically limitless. So, um, and, and Simon, some of the best, or everyone, I guess, some of the best um, teaching I feel like I've ever done is when I haven't understood something or I haven't um, necessarily been teaching an area of expertise and I've had to go back and reread it and re almost relearn it or learn it for the first time and then be like, okay, how did I learn it and break that down and try and work out how I can make it easier for the students. Yeah. So, because when you know something so well, you just like, you, you don't know like that that's not normal what you know. So you're just like, just, just know it. Like here it is, here's the content. Yeah. Whereas when you've, when you've got that more recency to your learning process, it's, um, I think it's a lot more powerful. So don't, for all those parents out there who might be listening, um, don't feel like you've got to be an expert. You just got to, I guess, maybe put yourself in that co-learner um, role, put yourself in the shoes with them and try and learn with them and have yeah. a bit of fun with it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that'd be my advice. I, I love think, the idea. Because um, I love the idea as of a teacher as a facilitator and I've heard that spoken about a lot. And I guess the days where I feel best as a teacher are the days where I feel I've been a facilitator. Um, and, and I think that's been a lot of the conversations I've had with my friends because a lot of people are quite stressed about homeschooling their children while they're also doing their own work. And what I've said to lots of my friends is in a classroom, a child doesn't have an adult sitting beside them at a table the whole day. You know, in a classroom, a child gets one twenty-third of a teacher's attention or, you know, I don't know, maybe I've taught in classrooms with small numbers. And I think, again, this idea that you, the parent has to be sitting beside the child, watching what they're doing and solving the problems for them and fixing it, that's not actually how a classroom works. Um, you know, every time a child has a question or doesn't know what to do, they don't just come straight to a teacher. And so I loved Kesh, I think it was, or somebody said that, you know, that slight battle between parent and teacher. I think this is an opportunity for each to get insight into the other, you know, for parents to actually get some insight into what teaching does look like and I think that some of the stress that people are fe feeling at the moment is this idea that there has to be an adult beside a child all the time while they're learning. And that's not actually what you require for learning, I we think. Also, we, we do have to also consider. So, you know, the education model that we have built up has been built up yep. over like 100 plus years. Um, more than that. And, and over that time has been optimised, right? Mm -hmm. So in a classroom or in a school, a child has a billion cues for how to self-regulate themselves, yeah. right? Whereas home is a completely different habitual environment. 
to inhabit it. It's a totally different context. And we haven't had time to figure out how to do that, how to work best at home, how to differentiate between mom as mom and mom as teacher. Um, you know, all of that stuff comes with time. We just, but we just thrown people into it. And they, that, that's what they're experiencing. Like, it's just the, the, the disorganization of having to do something you've never done before. Um, expecting to be perfect at it, you're not going to. <laughs> and change, change of any kind is always discombobulating. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's, it certainly is for me. I'm someone that likes to know what I'm doing and I like to be planned and I like to know exactly what, you know, life's going to look like in two months. And that's not the world we're living in at the moment. Um, um, one of the things that's really hopeful there is maybe, well, I really hope that people do, I mean, the way that my brain works, mm. it, it kind of incentivizes, I don't want to say the word force, but incentivizes people towards collaboration, right? Mm. Like instead of trying to figure it out on your own, at least now teachers and parents are talking to each other, they're trying to figure it out together. And those relationships, those bonds, that yeah. will be a differentiating factor as we come out of this. That will be an interesting thing. Yeah. And I, just that word collaboration, you know, if I think of the positives that have come out of COVID, I think it is incredible how much people are just giving, you know, um, a lot of education resources have gone free online. A lot of the wellbeing resources have been free online. There's lots of memes to keep us all laughing. There's lots of, you know, WhatsApp groups. And I think, were we that collaborative before, or is this actually a, a sort of a byproduct of COVID? Is that we've gone back to some of those, I guess, needing each other. Um, and I, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, thanks, Kate. We could, I'm sure, keep going with this conversation. It's been um, really enjoyable and, and really rich and I think with the people who got involved we could just keep going for hours but unfortunately we're getting close to time um, that we've got available so is there anything uh, anything else that we haven't had a chance to talk about um, in the brief time we've had tonight that you wanted to maybe mention to people listening or get off your chest um, whether that's for example to to the um, parents or teachers or students out there that might be listening that I know you're um, you know you're really familiar with and in touch with yeah um, I just thought I, I think basically what we've spoken about just this evening I think you know insight from a parent from teachers from people from education I guess the only thing I would like to say I guess personally to parents is something that we spoke about Simon last week about if we can just reframe what we consider learning to be, I think one of the great opportunities for this time of lockdown is the opportunity for kids and adults to develop their social and emotional skills. You know, that ability to be still, the ability to be bored, the ability to entertain ourselves, the ability to get along with the same four people or five people that you're locked in a house with. Um, even I think one of the greatest lessons for us could be that sometimes in life you have to actually forgo your own liberties or desires or wishes or goals for the greater good. And I think if kids came out and adults, quite frankly, came out of this with just understanding that, what a great lesson 
you know, that's learning. You know, to me, that's learning. That's much more valuable learning, quite frankly, than long modification. So I guess that's, yeah, that's my sort of point. I really want to throw in there just really quickly. Someone said something to me along that vein that has been an interesting question to ponder. Um, what if we treated COVID, COVID, this whole COVID situation as a teacher? Yeah. What, what would happen? Mm. Yeah, great point. That's a whole nother five hour conversation. Mm. Mm. I think there's a, yeah. uh, some, uh, maybe it's a Buddhist or someone who says, instead of trying to work out what, you know, why is this happening to me? Um, reframing it as to what is this trying to teach me? I think yeah. it's a really useful sort of uh, angle to take. But yeah. Kate, again, thanks so much for your time. Um, I've really enjoyed and got a lot out of the conversation. I knew I would. I really love your broad view on um, education, and it's not just about um, doing huge multiplication sums or whatever. It's, it's thinking about the whole child and the whole system. And and um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot in that that uh, we can use moving forward um so thanks again for your time thanks pleasure and thanks for inviting me and thanks for your covid convos you know been a bright spark in sometimes a dull day so well done thanks kate thanks that's, that's great to hear we uh, we do what we can and yeah. thanks uh kesh and Griggsy for um your time as well and thanks everybody out there for listening and watching please uh share like and subscribe and until next time, you stay healthy, world.